have to surprise Pastor Brenda occasionally. And um, we, the lunch afterwards will be an appreciation lunch for Pastor Brenda. There'll be a time to share words of affirmation. Um, we have a gift that we're going to give her um, as well. And so we look forward to continuing to celebrate Pastor Brenda. Well, good morning, church family. It's so good to be with you all today. Merry Christmas. I can only really do it in English, so that's all I'm going to go for. And it really feels a bit like Christmas with the cold out. I actually needed my leather jacket this week. I needed to have long pants on, and, and that is saying something for me. Uh, but it's fun to bundle up and have it be cold outside but warm in here, filled with God's presence and filled with the body of Christ. We've been talking through these themes of hope, peace, joy, and love. And aren't these things the world needs? Aren't these things that we need and can be so difficult to grasp hold of? We remember today that Jesus is born into that reality, born into a world that in fact needs all of these things and is present with us today. So we'd start with the Christmas story reading. I'd like to invite up Candy uh, to read today's passage for us. This morning's reading is from is about the scripture about the birth of the Christ child is from the book of Luke, chapter two. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Here ends the reading. Ed, up. Thank you, Candy, for that reading. We hear and we read the story of the Savior being born. There is, in fact, light that shines into the darkness. When I was about 16 years old, I was in a group that was connected to the church. It was like a Boy Scout group, except through the church. And there was about 20 of us, and we went on a caving expedition up in the mountains. And this wasn't sort of commercial caves, you know, that you paid an entrance fee for. These were caves sort of hidden in the foothills in California and sort of pre-computer, you know, GPS type of systems to find these caves. And it was kind of word or mouth. And we had a guide that was with us, and he led us into the cave, and we needed ropes and, 
equipment, helmets, and lights, and it was very dark. Um, there is sort of a, this isn't me in that photo, but this was a little bit of what the caves would look like. Sometimes you're crawling around on your bellies. Um, sometimes you can stand up. Hundreds of different pathways to choose and multiple levels of elevation. So we were in the cave for about an hour when three of us, two other teens, um, I was probably the oldest, they were maybe 15 and 14, we realized we were alone. And we could no longer hear the sound of the rest of the group or see their lights. And at first, we weren't too concerned. We were young men wanting to be brave and pretending to be brave. And we just soldiered on, thinking for sure they will find us or we will find them. And we began to pray. As time went on, our prayers became a little more earnest and our fears a little more real. We were praying not just to be found or to find the entrance. We started to have prayers of, please, God, don't let us die in here alone. It was scary. And we would turn out our lights and be quiet. And it's pitch black. You couldn't even see the hand in front of your face trying to see any lights in any of the number of tunnels, any sound could we call out and be heard. And so our prayers in the darkness became desperate. Over an hour went by, and we continued to pray. And we rounded a corner, and we saw this. Our guide, in his wisdom, had put a candle in the main room towards the entrance of the cave. I didn't think anything of it when he did it, but now we knew this light was our savior. We could be safe here. We could find our way out. And so we were there, and we waited and waited, and finally the group came back, and we were saved. Now, I think darkness is a time to pray. Whether it's at nighttime, whether it's a metaphor, whether it's the stresses in your life, I know for me, I can distract myself during the day with all sorts of busyness, with reading, with podcasts, with streaming, so the fears or anxieties or worries don't hit me until it's nighttime, and I wake up in the middle of the night. Just me and God, and it's an opportunity to pray. There's a lovely devotional going around right now from Shauna Nyquist. Shauna Nyquist is the daughter of Bill Hybels, and Erica passed this devotional on to me, and she says this about prayer in it. I'm not saying you should pray, like you should take your vitamins or you should eat your vegetables. I'm saying you can pray. What a gift. What a delight. What a refuge. Prayer is a beautiful opportunity to pray, to connect to God, to pour out your heart to him, to listen, to look for the light that shines but to open ourselves up to Jesus requires a vulnerability. In fact, all meaningful relationships require that we are vulnerable. We see Jesus take the lead in this. He was born a baby, not a grown man. He didn't descend from heaven as a grown person, but was born as a baby. He put himself at risk. He required the care of others. 
a mother, a father, a community. His life was literally in their hands. One of the songs I used to sing, but no longer sing the second verse of, is Away in a Manger. And in the second verse, the line goes, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. And I thought, sometimes Christians can overemphasize the divine of Jesus and lose his humanity. We can stop thinking of him as a real person. Because in fact, he was fully divine, but he was also fully human. He was born a baby. Now later, the worship team's going to sing Away in the Manger with updated lyrics. So listen for those. In Philippians 2.7, we see Paul talking about this vulnerability of Jesus. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Vulnerability is something we open ourselves up to when there's risk, when there's a challenge, when there's uncertainty, when we could be exposed. And Jesus opens himself up to all of that risk. There's a wonderful book um, that came out by Brene Brown called Atlas of the Heart that I've been giving as Christmas gifts this year. For those of you who are still looking for a Christmas gift, we'll have a couple of them in the bookstore for last-minute gifts. But in this book, Brene Brown talks about, as she was researching vulnerability, these are some of the responses people gave to her when they feel vulnerable. When you're waiting for the doctor to call back. When you're talking about difficult topics with your team or family. When you're starting your own business when you're watching your child leave for college, when you're talking about your feelings. See, across cultures around the world, most of us were raised to believe that being vulnerable meant being weak. But if we're not vulnerable, we're not going to connect. We're not going to have meaningful relationships. See, in a world where strength and looking like you have it all together, our values, we can lose the sight. We can lose the very heart of what's required for relationship. And that's opening ourselves up. Brene Brown says it this way. She says, vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. See, Jesus shows up to be vulnerable. He shows up in the dark on that night that we were just reading about. He shows up to the shepherds. He shows up to the wise men, and they come seeking him. He seeks them out as well. We see the shepherds who are social outcasts and are poor. We see the wise men who are educated and the elite, and he shows up to all of them to be light in the darkness, to be love that draws near. See, new life starts in the dark. New life starts in the dark. Barbara Brown Taylor, a pastor and a professor, says this, new life starts in the dark, whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb. It starts in the dark. Now, sometimes we might seek out 
places of vulnerability or risk, like when I went into that cave, you might be thinking, that was your first mistake. <laughs> Don't go in. But sometimes difficult seasons find us even when we are not looking for them. Circumstances beyond our control turn us upside down. We might feel exposed. We might feel like God has forgotten us, but God shows up in those very moments, wanting to do a new work. Even when we can't see God at work, he is at work. And sometimes we may never know the why, but we know he shows up. God's word says that he loves us, that he was the first mover in the relationship. He moved towards us first. Now, have you ever been the first mover in a relationship? You don't have to lift up your hands. It's risky, right? You could be rejected. You could be turned away. I can remember in junior high, we would have junior high dances. And I wasn't a great dancer, but I did want to dance, you know, with the girls that were there. But it required risk. It required walking across the room like the girls were on one side, the boys were on the other. And to be the first person to step out and to initiate is risky. And this is what Jesus does for us. God is the first mover, whether it was in the garden at creation, whether it was in Bethlehem, or whether it's today. He moves towards us first. And then he invites us to respond. In John, John says it this way, we love because he first loved us. Our love is a byproduct of God's generosity to us. Why did Jesus come? He came to show us in the best way possible who God was and what his love looked like. He draws near to us. He changes us. He transforms us. And he invites us to share that love and that light to the world. His love draws near to change us so that we can Bring that light into the world. How might God be nudging your heart this morning? One, maybe it's just to receive that love, to recognize that God has moved towards you, and you can enjoy that, and you can soak in that. It might be to share that love with those around you. Maybe to share that love, to expand your circle, Maybe somebody you wouldn't normally reach out to, reaching out to them. Maybe it's a card, a dinner invitation, working in one of our outreach ministries, sharing God's blessing that you've received with those who are less fortunate. Maybe even in this moment, think of one or two or even three people that you might be able to share God's love with this very season. And this is what God says to us. He says, if we love one another, that God lives in us and his love makes us complete. So in our loving of one another, we actually get to experience what love is even more deeply. It's not just a receiving love that transforms us. It's in the giving of love that we are transformed as well. God's love draws near. 
this is a particular season where we get to remember that. Candles are a wonderful symbol of hope. This is why we do the Advent candles. This is why this is a church tradition. Candles are also a symbol of prayer. And this might be a time, a season of lifting up your prayer. Maybe you are in the darkness and a candle is a reminder to you that God is still with you. Candles are also a wonderful way to spread that light. When we close the service, we're going to all get the chance to hold a candle that will be lit from the Christ candle that will be lit in just a moment. God shows up for you in flesh because he loves you. Let's pray. Jesus, you are in fact the light of the world and you move towards us. You make the first move towards us. You took the risk. You were vulnerable. We thank you for your love, God. May even in a season that can sometimes be very difficult or busy or challenging, may we soak up what you have. May we slow down and remember who you are and what you have done. Invite us, Jesus, into your great invitation of sharing that light to the world. In your name we pray, amen.